Hey, welcome back to another Dispatch from Holly McKay. Today, we're going to be talking about a very serious subject, human trafficking and human slavery. And uh, Holly has been looking into ways that technology can be used to interdict this uh, very cruel and brutal process. Holly, tell us a little bit what you found out. So it's, um, you know, it's really interesting. I think when we hear the term modern slavery, um, also known as human trafficking, it's still very hard to wrap our brains around such a notion that it really still exists. Um, so I think, you know, for us, often we're very cocooned by the relative comforts of a Western lifestyle. Um, you know, we've got warm beds, we've got grocery shelves that are filled. So it's a concept that hundreds of thousands of people in the US and around the world are forced into that we often, it's very much out of sight, out of mind. Um, but it is a really, really big uh, cause, you know, for concern given just how widespread human trafficking is. Yeah, so this this piece you wrote, uh, gets uh, to one of the very powerful leverages of um, looking into um, crime that is uh, deeply structured into uh, intruding on people's lives. And so you're, you took a, uh, an approach here of following the money. And what you found is that people are using the record keeping, the innate record keeping capabilities of things like the blockchain systems in cooperation with the blockchain companies to investigate human trafficking. Absolutely. So financial institutions, really um, banks, you know, other large sort of entities have really played a critical role in highlighting and uh, disclosing uh, the problem to law enforcement. So when you know, banks see odd transactions or things that don't quite make sense or, or things sort of there, there's an entire algorithm which I know you can speak to about things being flagged and it's often it's those patterns that are then turned over to law enforcement if there is a, a cause for concern with that so really when we look at blockchain technology which powers crypto um, as another kind of emerging uh, financial institution if you will there's also um, a lot more focus I think now that it's gaining some ground in in just terms of becoming a lot less fringe um, that it needs to also sort of step up its game and have policies in place um, to also you know be able to identify a lot of that those patterns because blockchain is sort of this anonymous tool if you will uh, to a degree um, but you know that works both ways so it can be great um, you know, for going after a lot of the trafficking and, and kind of being able to work in a, a little bit more of an underground sense. But at the same time, there are also concerns that traffickers themselves know how to utilize this technology. So you're looking at, at very much a double-edged sword in that way. Yeah. Well, I, I know that in the past that uh, um, illegal transactions um, um, where at times people ran to the early versions of uh, cryptocurrency in particular because uh, it was uh, thought to be very anonymous and uh, would uh, try to bypass the normal financial systems and the normal financial system controls that were in place to to uh, you know essentially uh, obscure this uh, this type of stuff drug dealing human trafficking and that kind of stuff. Now, in recent years, as you pointed out in your piece, this uh, this veil of secrecy and, and anonymity is beginning to become less so. And, and both the 
blockchain and cryptocurrency companies on the one side and the governments that uh, are that enforce normal types of uh, financial controls and financial oversight and, and financial activity monitoring are beginning to learn to work together. And um, so do you think, it, you know, in the, in the investigation that you did into this, to, that you see that level of cooperation uh, increasing over time to the point that uh, certain types of crimes uh, like human trafficking, which is not victimless, uh, are are on their way to actually no longer being able to use things like blockchain and crypto as sanctuary. Uh, I do think it's a little far stretched to say not able to use. I think that there's still a lot, a, a long way to go um, in terms of being able to identify the patterns and and have policies in place um, that are appropriate as well. You know, the crypto is. Is, is funny in a double-edged sword in the sense that it's, you know, it's both people who are real advocates of of being away from the government and that freedom who use it, but at the same time, um, you know, there are certain things like trafficking that are really, you know, huge you know, problems in our society that crypto can play a role. So it, it is a weird balancing game in that way. Um, many crypto exchanges already gather important information from transactions and have shown dedication in sort of joining that pretty urgent fight. Um, and I think too, despite the perception that crypto is completely anonymous, it's not quite the case. Um, I would sort of consider it more a decentralized um, encrypted currency that operates independently of federal reserves and sort of the government manipulation that happens with our, our regular dollar. Um, so generally originating destination addresses as well as financial figures are permanently recorded on the blockchain, which is quite transparent and they can't be altered or deleted. So traffickers and other criminals may be able to attempt to cloud their activities, but the records will sort of always be remain movable on this public ledger. So I think it's it's going to take the development, and I don't think it's quite there yet, but the development of using fairly savvy analytics and and artificial intelligence as well um, to to put together databases that can really diagnose concerning behavioral paradigms and flag certain digital wallets and connections for for further scrutiny. So I think it's something that's it's still very much in its development phase, but I think it's really important that you know the awareness the awareness is there and the responsibility is there to a large degree too. Yeah. Oh well. Um. Yeah, well, technology is certainly capable of uh, doing this. The uh, at least in when I when I follow this stuff, it's really more about the policy and the degree of cooperation between the two parties. The uh, you know for many years the 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 crypto world has has really promised anonymity to people as one of its features to get people to to participate in it, and um, but. Uh, you know, select selectively going after transparency of, uh, under certain circumstances. Uh, that's a policy thing and uh, multi-government and, um, you know, with some governments being far more intrusive than others, the U.S. being one of the least. And um, uh, but, yeah, I think your your assessment that uh, it, it's several years of of understanding and negotiating in the making uh, still to go is there but hopefully um the the issue that you pointed out which in, in this case human trafficking which is you know cruelty to humans 
will get its fair attention and maybe be one of the, the leading cases for uh, creating cooperative transparency all the way around. Um, that's and a I think fascinating really, subject. Yeah, and I and also think blockchain has a very crucial role to play in terms of supporting the victim as well. Um, since victims are often lured into, for example, sex trafficking rackets, often under the pretense that they will be given jobs or residency cards or or a lot of money or housing, um, and, and are often in positions where they're extremely terrified of what could happen if they leave, I think blockchain has a, a really powerful role in that it can secure identity protection that will really help people to also rebuild and, and reclaim their lives once they've been able to, to hopefully get free. So there many different dimensions I think blockchain can can play in this um as I said a lot of people you know they, they probably had their passport stolen they don't have their identity documents anymore and so coming out of it um you know it, it's important to get that support to be able to to rebuild their their identity and as I said the blockchain once something is there um and you know there is a lot of movement particularly what I found in the UN to be quite at the forefront of a lot of this and starting to develop things like you know the digital identity cards for people so that they um they know that they do exist on this blockchain and that that nothing can be deleted or removed and um so they can sort of start to develop their life and society again. Very interesting. You know that you bring up a, a fascinating aspect of this, and that uh, as much as we were just talking about uh, tra creating transparency on the financial transaction side of things, um, as these, as you point out, as these people come out of captivity and back into the world, it's also important to protect their privacy. So there's another layer of technology that essentially creates the kind of same thing as medical records HIPAA for uh, for these people and puts them back into the world in such a way that they don't carry the stigma with them. And I, I, I think that goes not just for human trafficking, but also for um, other forms of abuse, you know, uh, 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 captivity, um torture rape all that kind of stuff that has uh, stigmas in many parts of the world and when you uncover that how do you make sure that that goes back into the level of privacy that it needs for those people can carry on with their lives fascinating stuff holly all what you always bring up some really interesting things and thank you for that thank you dennis <laughs>